Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. different season of our life here for the last at least uh, 11 or so years where we didn't have much family around, but it's okay because we have our church family. So our family has gotten much bigger than what it normally is, and so I want to open and share about the first time that we moved to Louisiana and we had to deal with Thanksgiving away from home. And so when we first came, I know last time I spoke, I told you I moved to Galliano, and we were in Galliano for not that long, and I feel like Maybe we were getting some self-pity because we had a family come up to us like on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and said, hey, would you like to come over to our house for Thanksgiving dinner? I was like, sure I would. I know you've been planning to have me over for months and I'm coming over and I'm going to come over and it's going to be exciting. If you, if you don't know me well, I'm not the most extroverted guy. So like meeting new people is a challenge for me. And so the fear of God came upon me because I said yes, right? I said yes, so I'm coming over to the house because I, I had a promise of food, right? So the promise of food, I can get through my anxiety to eat the food. Like, you just got to weigh it out. You got to make some good decisions in your life. I made a good decision. And so we showed up, and I was talking to Sunshine last night to make sure I had my facts right, but we showed up to this house, and we didn't know very many Cajun people. If you know Cajun people, now these are Cajun people. Like, these are people, like, I can't understand what they're saying, like, right? Like, I, I don't know that anybody in here has that thick of an accent or that thick of an accent down here. Like, they were like, I couldn't understand them. And so we went over to the house, and it was just me and sunshine and eternity. You remember that? She doesn't remember that because she was, like, little bitty. But uh, we went over to the house, and we showed up, and there was a bunch of people there. We assumed that they were inviting other church people. No other church people. Just us, them, and then all of their family. So we're meeting people and 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 meeting people. And it's Thanksgiving. And then the time comes that we all wait for, right? The meal, right? Everybody come to the kitchen. It's time to eat. We're going to come in. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Right? I didn't cook anything. I'm going to eat. And, and they bring us into the kitchen. And all of a sudden, everybody starts circling up. My family didn't do this. I don't know if your family did this, but all of a sudden, it's a big kitchen, and they started circling up, and everybody circled around the kitchen, and then all of a sudden, a stranger grabbed my hand, and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to grab the hand next to me, and we're all holding hands now, and I'm like, okay, so somebody's going to pray for this meal so we can eat, right? Like, I'm about to eat, somebody pray, and they said, hey, it's Thanksgiving. Let's go around the circle, and everybody shares something that you're thankful for today, and I got a big smile on my face because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know these people. Like, what if I say something that offends them? I'm prone to do that kind of thing. And so, like, I, my mind's going 10 different directions. I'm like, I can thank God for air, and I can thank him for the trees. And, like, I can be, and it comes around. I don't remember what I said. But I, I made my thank you. Miss Sunshine made her thank you. We all went around, and we're done. And I'm like, now is the time we've been waiting for. I felt like there was going to be a big drum roll, and that, like, the, the, the turkey was going to be brought out. And they said, well, now we need to pray for the meal. Well, cool. Have somebody pray for the meal. And they said, pastor. Oh, no. That's right. I'm a pastor. I guess I'm going to pray for the meal. And so I prayed for the meal, and, and I got all through it, and, and my hands were dripping sweat, and it was, it was okay. But then I got to experience my first Cajun Thanksgiving. 
And all of a sudden, I wanted to go back to the thank yous. I wanted to be like, I'm thankful for the turkey. And I'm thankful for the ham. And I'm thankful for the gumbo. And I'm th- I haven't even eaten this stuff. I don't know what's this dressing. Oh, it's cornbread dressing. I'm thankful for that too. All of it. It's like, can I get a napkin for my eyes? It's so good. And I was just thankful. And that's what we're talking about today is, is, is being able to be thankful. Thank you. How do we be thankful in, in our lives? Not just a, a thankful for a season, but how do we become like thankful in our living, in our every moment, in what we do? And uh, I know it's going to be a surprise to you, but we're going to be in Daniel today. It's a <laughs> surprise to everybody. Uh, we're going to be in Daniel today, but it's not always to be easy to be thankful, is it? Like life, if you haven't experienced it yet, life has ups and downs. And it just, it moves up and down. It goes all around. And it's, it's, it's really easy to thank people and to be thankful in good seasons. It just is. But when things get tough, sometimes it gets tough. And I think what separates us in those moments is what we do in those tough times. How do we respond? How do we posture our, ourselves? Excuse me. How do we posture ourselves when things aren't going so great? We're going to be talking about Daniel and the lions then. How did he posture himself when he's being thrown down to these gigantic kittens that were going to rip his bones out of his body? Like, how did he posture himself? It's, it's important that we see what God wants from us. And um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is... God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's a great verse. Except for when you're in a bad circumstance. And then you're like, okay, God, like, I'm supposed to give thanks. How am I supposed to give thanks for this? And, and you know, you can, you can contemplate that, but it's, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to give that thanks. So, uh, you know, today I want to I just recap the story of the lion, Daniel and the lion's den, and then we're going to look at a few things out of that. But Daniel's story starts where he has been put into exile. Now, Pastor Joe talked a little bit about King Nebuchadnezzar, and, and that was the first person that he was in exile under. And, and they forced Daniel to do some things that he wouldn't normally do. They wanted to train him up. They took some young men from Jerusalem, and they brought them into exile, and they wanted to train them up and train them in their ways. They wanted to have them learn how to worship their gods and how to do sacrifices to their gods and do those things. And, and Daniel was put in a tough situation. Life's not great. Anyone want to sign up for that? Want to go down over to some other place and, like, learn their customs and give up all your customs? That's what they were asking him to do and some other young men. And Daniel wrestled with this, I'm sure, because that's a tough place to be put in. And he would go to school, and they'd have their their teachers that, that knew all the stuff, and they would teach him stuff. And it's all kinds of stuff that they would have learned that would have been against his Jewish custom. He's having to wrestle with who he is, what's his identity, and who he, who he is in God. And Daniel made a decision that he was going to do what he could do in that situation and, and continue to follow what God had spoken in his life. And so he went to the class. He didn't cause waves. He went and he learned and he did these things, but he would only learn to a certain point. You know, you know that there's a point where he, he told him, I can't eat what the king wants me to eat. I can't eat that. And they want to make a big deal about it. We don't even know exactly what that food was, but he said, I can go this far, but I'll go no further. I'm thankful for food. I'm thankful that you're providing for me, King, but I can't eat that. I'm going to stop right here. Not in a disrespectful way. We've all been there before, right? And so he had been living this out for a long time. And then we get to, to chapter 6 in Daniel where we, we see the lions then. And it says that the new king uh, comes in and he's appointing new people because now they're taking over again, right? What a great exile. He's taken over and then he's taken over again and he's still in exile. And this new king comes in and he appoints 
people to be over his kingdom. Because he can't manage, he has so much kingdom, he has so many different lands, he can't manage them all himself, he can't be physically there for all of them, so he has to appoint these different people to run the land. And each land he'd have three people that were the head over that, with one of them being the, the, the appointed one, the one with the most authority. And in this situation, some of these men had been with this king for a long time. They've been serving him. They believe everything that he believes. They follow his practices. They, they worship his gods. They eat his food. They do all of that king stuff. They're his people. And he comes in and takes over this new land, and he notices this man named Daniel. This man that has character. This man that, that's willing to step up and do the things that, that he's felt like he's called to do without causing waves and without causing issue. And he says, be one of my men. I want you. Come and be one of my three men. In fact, he had shown so much character and he did such a good job that he made him the head over everybody. Right? And so he continues to serve. He continues to do this. And these men are not happy. Right? If you've ever been in a job and you feel like you've been passed up for employment, you've been passed up for a raise by somebody that maybe doesn't, you don't think they have as much experience or maybe you don't think they're as good as you or whatever and you kind of felt like, man, what's that, what's that all about? Like, why, why not me? I've been there. I learned that early. My first job, that happened to me. And I was angry because I was like, what, 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 is, what is that? Why them? And these men weren't happy. And so they devised a plan, right? They plotted and they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to follow Daniel around and we are going to find some character flaws. We're going to find some chinks in the armor that we can bring him down and show him to the king that he's not who the king thinks he is. And so they search and they look and they try to find and they self-admittedly say, there is no fault in this man. We can't find anything wrong with him. He's doing a really, really good job. He actually deserves the position that he's been put into. But they weren't okay with that. And then they admit the only thing that we could attack him on is the God that he serves. And so they devise a plan, right? Because now they're, they're locked in. They devise a plan. They, say, they go to the king and they say, hey, king, you are the greatest, right? You're the man. Look at you. Look at all these kingdoms. You're great. Why don't you sign an edict so that anybody who doesn't worship you and you alone for the next 30 days, we're going to throw them to the lions. Sound good? And the king's like, yeah, the lion pack of 639. Like, here we go. Like, we're going to sign this thing. He puts it in order and he says, if you don't worship me, if you don't worship my gods and you worship any other god and you're fine with that, out of doing that, you're getting thrown into the lions then and you're going to be killed. And he signs the, the order, puts it in place. And it can't be undone. Sealed it with his ring. So the story goes on. Daniel finds out about this. And Daniel decides still, three times a day, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to my window that's facing Jerusalem and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to continue to serve my God. These men follow him, right? They follow him and they see that he's doing this. They come back to the king. They don't say Daniel's praying. They say, king, there's a man who's not praying to you, he's praying to another god, what should we do with him? Oh, well, I signed this, this order, grab him up, let's throw him to the lions. Okay, we'll go get Daniel. And the king's heart's broken. Oh, not Daniel. He loved Daniel. That's my man. Like, Daniel's my good worker, I don't, I don't want to get rid of him. And he, and he struggles, and he tries to find a way to get out of it. Can't get out of it because the order has been sealed, and they throw him into the lion's den. The scriptures say that the king goes home that night, and he is tormented. He can't even sleep. Anybody been so tormented by a decision that you made that you can't sleep? The king is tormented. He's wrestling with anxiety and stress that whole night thinking, Daniel, what is happening to Daniel? How, how could I have I done this to Daniel? But what choice 
did I have? And early in the morning, he gets up and he runs to the den and he calls out, Daniel, Daniel. And I feel like there's a pause, because if I was Daniel, I would have waited just a second. Been like, I want, I, want, I want him to sweat just a little bit. He said, I'm good. An angel came, he shut the lion's mouth, I'm good. Gets him out, and the king says what Pastor Joe said. Like, we will now only serve Daniel's God. We, were, we will not serve me, we will not serve my gods, we will serve Daniel's God, because Daniel's God is the real God. And Daniel's God is the God that shut those lions' mouth, and we know the other men got what was coming to them. So there's a few things I want to look at here with us and being thankful and having a thank you attitude in our lives. And the first thing that I see is that our life doesn't have to be perfect to be thankful. You look at Daniel's life, we just talked about his whole story. Daniel's life was not going the way that he probably planned. As a young man, I don't know how old, the best research I could find, he was very young, teenager-ish years taken into exile and put into this whole other land. Stripped away from his people, stripped away from his family, stripped away from all this, and, and now you're in another land where you don't even want to be. You see in the prayer that he prays and he faces Jerusalem, obviously, he still wants to be back in his home. But Daniel doesn't wait to be thankful. Daniel doesn't stop and say, well, when things get perfect, when I get back out of exile, because this exile is only going to last a little while, once God takes me out of this exile, then I can be thankful. He was thankful for what he had. He found things to be thankful for. It might have been difficult at times. God, thank, thank you for the air in my lungs. Thank you for being able to open my eyes today and stand up. Thank you for the opportunity to, to, even though it's not the knowledge that I want to learn, you are exercising my brain so that it continues to grow and continues to be able to be capable of taking this knowledge. Thank you for that opportunity. And I believe that Daniel woke up every day and continued to thank his God. Because I think if he didn't, he wouldn't have lasted that long. He wouldn't have been able to go that far. What would have we looked like in that situation? It, 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 we would have maybe went into survival mode. Because you're taken away from everything. Your job, your money, your family, your everything. All of your comfort is taken away. Immediately, our natural response is what? How do I get through this? I need to get a job. I need money. I need food. I need shelter. And you do need all these things. But we stop thinking about God, and we start thinking about the things. We stop thinking about what we need instead of the one that provides. And it shifts our focus. And I don't think Daniel would have survived if he shifted his focus in that moment. Because Daniel was sent there not by accident. God knew what he was doing. There's times where God led, I, I don't understand why God allows some nations to be conquered and all this to happen in the, in, in the Bible, but he did. And a lot of times it's like a forest fire. When a forest fire comes and it wipes out all those trees and it's just ash and black, then all of a sudden a new forest rises up, doesn't it? And sometimes, it's, it's just this beautiful thing that comes up. I remember when we were in, uh, in, in college, we were driving to Orlando, Florida, our first youth pastorate job. We drive all the way to Orlando every, every service and drive all the way back. And one time we went to go and we couldn't go because on that I-4 corridor, if you've ever been in the in, uh, middle of Florida, that's, that's basically how you get from one side to the other. That's down. Sorry about your luck. And a forest fire broke out so hot that it jumped the highway and it melted the blacktop. Like, it was serious. And we couldn't even get there. And then we had to find, like, these alternate roads. We had to add an extra hour to our trip. But I watched because we continued to drive that road. And for a while, it was the ugliest thing that we'd see. Just sticks out of the ground and just black. 
but nobody did anything. But then after a while, we started to see this new growth and all this color and this vibrance, and it started to grow, and it's back now, and you probably drive that stretch now and not, see, not notice any of the, the, the fire because it came back. Sometimes God, I think, did that, and he took Daniel and said, no, 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 I need you to represent me over here. I need you to be a man of God over here. It's not going to be easy. In fact, you're going to be uncomfortable. Sorry, but you're my man. You're the God. You're the one I need. He sent a couple of those men. And because of that, because he didn't decide, he decided, made a decision in his hand, in his heart, I'm not going to write a thank you note after I get what I want. I'm going to thank uh, for, I'm going to live a life of thankfulness. I'm not going to wait for my life to be perfect to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful right now and see what God's going to do. Amen. Many times we don't thank him until our prayers have been answered. Daniel 6.10 says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. I think it's important that they put, that, that the scripture says, giving thanks to his God. It didn't say asking God to fix his situation. It didn't say, I, I need God to take me out of this. Giving thanks to God. Sometimes we wait until after we get what we want to ever say thank you. The best I could tell is Daniel had been in captivity for at least 60 years. Like, he's an old man. Like, when I see Daniel in the lion's den, because of living in Bethlehem, I see a little kid. Because we have a little kid that plays Daniel when we do the prophets. But this man was, was not young. He was on the tail end of his life. And still, three times a day, on his knees, praying. Not just praying, on his knees. He postured himself before God and said, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done in my life. And he knew, like, life was bad enough, right? He'd been in exile for a long time. Almost double my life he had been in exile. And then he gets the news. Oh, by the way, the one thing that you were allowed to do, the one thing that's kept you this whole time, being able to pray to your God, being able to communicate to your God, you can't do it anymore. And he had a decision to make. You can't pray. And he knew what it was. He had seen, I'm sure he had seen people thrown into the lion's den before. Like, there wasn't a lot of people coming out of there. Right? <laughs> like, them kitties were hungry. Like, they're ferocious. Like, I've seen what a house cat can do. Catherine, I've seen what a house cat can do. It's just a little cat. Them kitties ain't little. Like, they're going to tear you up. Right? And they're hungry. And they probably didn't feed them on purpose, so they'd be real hungry. And throw him a little snack, give him a little taste first, and get him, like, ready to go and throw him in there. And he knew, if I choose to continue to serve my God, if I choose to continue to pray to my God, my life could be taken of me. It's very similar to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, isn't it? What are you going to do? And he decided, I'm going to continue to pray. But I think it's important that he, he did not pray for God to take him out of the situation. He did not pray for all of his needs and wants and desires first. He prayed with thanks to God for everything that he was provided with and trusted God to do the rest. 
Now, am I standing here saying that we should never pray and, and petition God? No. But there's a right order to how we do it. God's quicker to respond to a thankful heart than he is to a wanting heart. I can tell you in my life, every time that I position myself to thank God, in fact, I wasn't going to share it, but like, I had been super excited. I am super excited about today, but I was super excited about a message that I felt God had given me. It woke me up, and he was telling me all these things. I'm not even going to tell you what he was telling me because I went on Friday to finish up the whole message, and I had it just about done, and I'm sitting in the coffee shop, and, and I read through the entire book of Hosea, the entire book, because I wanted to, like, I knew God was going in there someplace, and he waited until I got done reading the whole book, and he said, Travis, that's not for them, that's for you. Okay, <laughs> I need a refill. <laughs> it's this Friday, and we got youth service last night, and I mean, we have some responsibility. I got to watch college football on Saturday. I mean, there's all kinds of things I got to do. I was hoping to be done on Friday. And, uh, you know, I started praying in that coffee shop, and I started doing some things. And um, after a while, I got some counsel from a good friend, and he said, You might want to change venues, you might want to change your posture. And so I did. I had no idea what I was going to preach. I was about to call Pastor Joe and be like, sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> I can't come. And I came back here, and I don't say any of this to be any kind of boasting, bragging, or far be it from me. But I just came. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to spend some time with God. I knew the building was empty. I knew we had these nice new faders so I could fade it all down. And I put on some worship music, and I was here by myself. And I just prayed. Just prayed. And and, and waited, and, 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 you know, like JP had shared, I, I spent a lot of time just being silent. So I've talked enough, God. I've talked enough. I want to hear your voice. I want to speak your message. Speak. And I was over here by this altar, and all of a sudden, it came. And Daniel and Lions then. I was like, oh, boy, we're going to teach a kid's lesson. Here we go. Children's church and big church. We're going to have a good time, right? We're going to act it out. And, uh, and he started to speak to me, and, and I think it's pretty obvious that this is where God was going today. Uh, I did not talk to Pastor Joe. I didn't talk to David when he started singing the thankful song. I was like, okay, here we go. We're, we're going. We're getting there. It's going to be good. But uh, Daniel didn't an- wait for his answer, his prayers to be answered, to cry out to God in thanks. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving, comma, Present your uh, request to God. It's thanks. It's thanks to God, and then he'll move. He can move without it. He's God. He can do what he wants. But I'm telling you, he wants us to come with that thankful heart because he loves us so much. Those of you that have children, (laughs) when your kids ask for something, when they've been thankful and respectful, isn't it a lot easier to be able to give to them? But when they've come and just been Whatever that week, it's kind of like, mm, not today, precious little one. I love you so much. Go sit down. You're not getting that. No ice cream for you. This one's been good. You get two scoops. Now, I don't, I don't do that. I don't play favorites. I don't play favorites. I don't play favorites. But Daniel never stopped to speak out against his accusers. Daniel never stopped to try to mount a movement to get his accusers taken out. He never spoke anything against the men that wanted nothing but him to be gone. Not just back to Jerusalem, but off the face of this earth. They hated him so much. 
And the last thing I want to look at this morning is being critical can keep us from being thankful. Daniel 6, 3 through 5 says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charge against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Isn't it easy when things get tough to just like be like, it's their fault. They did that. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they did? How, not me. This tough time is not my fault. This is them. And I think that possibly Daniel, even though he was an outsider, he wasn't one of the king's people, but I think that he probably had enough merit with this king to be able to say, hey, king, can we go get a cup of coffee or whatever they drank back then? It wasn't coffee, but maybe it was coffee. I don't know. But can we go and like sit down? Can I have you for a moment to talk about what's going on? And he probably could have pleaded his case. And he probably could have made those men look terrible. But he chose not to. He chose not to. He chose to walk out what he wanted to do. But even though these men, you got to understand, it's not like these men were passed up completely and that they had no authority at all. They were the other men right alongside with him. If Daniel was 1A, they were 1B. I mean, they were just, I mean, it's just a little step. They didn't lose their job. They weren't cast out. But their, their jealousy, their critical spirit grew so much that they wanted nothing but to take Daniel off the face of this earth. They couldn't be thankful for anything that was in their life. They purposed their entire life to create an edict So this man couldn't do what he had to do and then snuck into his house to catch him doing that very thing because they knew he had so much character in his life that he wasn't going to stop. That edict wouldn't have scared every every believer. Some believers would have said, 30 days, it's a vacation. I don't need to pray to God for 30 days. Come on. I can do 30 days standing on my head. Daniel's like, I haven't went 30 minutes. Like, how am I supposed to, how am I, what am I, okay, I'll just go pray. That's my answer to not being able to pray, I'll just pray. That's what I'm going to do. And he he purposed himself and said, I'm going to pray three times a day. Look, there's this great line, it's not mine, but I'm going to say it. Compare and compete and live in defeat. And that's really what happened here with these people. If we live that lifestyle, if we let ourselves go there mentally where we start looking at others and we start being critical of what somebody else is doing or what somebody else has done, we live in defeat. You can't do it. Comparison games are losing battle either way. Either you feel better about yourself than what you should or you feel worse about yourself than you should. You never feel the right way. You just don't. I've done both sides. I've been knocked on my rear a couple times because of those thoughts. But, like, I, 
I'd try not to live that. And, and, and that phrase stays, that's one of those phrases that stays with me my whole life. Compare and compete and live in defeat. I'm not going to live in defeat. Because God didn't call me to live in defeat. Like God's already won the victory. He's already won the battle. Why would I live in defeat? Why would I give that up to the enemy when I already own it? But we do it. But Daniel refused to do it. Daniel said, I know what my orders are. I know what God's called me to do. I know what I've lived through for the last 60, 70 years. I'm not going to give it up for these people. What have they done to earn what I have? My God put me here. My God placed me here. My God gave me this position. Why? So that I could show what integrity looks like. Because here's the bottom line. These other men were officials. There must have been something that Daniel could have found in their character. When the king looks at somebody who's an exile, somebody that's not his own, somebody that, that could be against him and says, you know what? This guy's got so much integrity. He's my man. How many times have these other men maybe had already done wrong to the king? Maybe they embezzled a little money. Maybe they were scraping a little bit off the top. Maybe they were doing all these little things that weren't a big deal. But they were not where Daniel was at. Daniel knew, I have to live a life above reproach. It's not so dissimilar to the, to the current culture that we're living in right now. Look, we have a freedom, and I'm so thankful in this nation that we have a freedom to be able to come into a house of worship like this and worship God and be able to hear God speak through, through men and, and women and be able to worship God freely and carry our Bibles around and do all this. But there is an attack. And if you haven't felt it yet, you may not be doing it right. I don't say that to be mean, but look, if we stand for what God stands for, not everybody likes that because they have this part that's missing in them and they want to fill it so, so desperately and we represent what they don't have and it hurts. And Daniel represented the same thing to these men. He had everything that they wanted and they thought that was a job. It wasn't a job. They didn't have God's presence. And they wanted it. And I don't know how many men were left there that had God's presence. Daniel may have been the only one. He probably wasn't because there was multiple exiles. But, like, he had God. And they had a king. He had God. And they had a king. A king can be great, and this king seemed like he was an okay guy as far as kings go and conquerors go. He actually cared for Daniel. He actually lost sleep over Daniel's situation. He actually ran out in the morning to go check on Daniel. Nobody else went to check on him. He was a good man, but he didn't have God. He was lacking. Daniel had something to be thankful for every day. Not just every day, three times a day. I'm not saying that's the magic number. Go pray three times a day and all of a sudden, like, whatever it is. Like I say to the students all the time, a relationship with God, is a, it's a, it's a three-legged stool. Prayer, word, and accountability. And uh, I think Daniel was living that life. Have you ever tried to st- sit on a three-legged stool with one leg gone? You're going to be sitting on the ground. 
It's not going to stand up. I mean, you might be able to, like, but it's not going to be comfortable. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, have all three legs. And Daniel had his right position. He knew what was going to happen. And so, look, in a moment, we're going to have a chance to celebrate with, with three members here from the congregation that have decided to, to get water baptized this morning and, and follow uh, some, what God's already done in their heart and do a public display of that here. And I'm super excited because I can remember my baptism. I don't know if you guys can remember your baptism. I remember my baptism. It's a special moment. I had lots to be thankful for that day. You know, God had brought me back into his fold. I was about 16 years old, and, and I had gotten saved when I was a little kid, but never baptized. Family fell away from the church. And at 16, I got saved again. My family still wasn't going to church, and I decided I'm getting baptized because I know what God did in my life, and I'm going to do it. And I was fiery. I was excited. I was going to say stuff on that microphone. I didn't say any of it because I got nervous, but... Because I got nervous because our baptismal tank was right in the back. And I went to walk into it, and I met my pastor there, and I looked out. And my father showed up. This man didn't want to go to church. God's done a work in his life, but my father showed up. And it was a big deal. Been 21 years ago. It's crazy. I'll never stop being thankful for that moment. My life can be a wreck. My life can fall apart. I've always got something to be thankful for. Whether it's that moment, whether it's my salvation, whether it's the family that God's given me, whether it's my church, whether I have to be thankful for the air that's outside that I can breathe into my lungs. If I have to get that far down, I can still give God thanks because I have life. I want to do something with it. So my challenge for you guys today is, can we live a life, an attitude of thankfulness instead of a season of thankfulness. It's really easy to be thankful during this season. The weather's cooler. We all like to eat, so we get together. Thanksgiving's great. Those of you guys getting baptized, we want to go ahead and get ready. We'll be ready for you in just a moment. And we can be thankful. And everybody is. And everybody's prepared, right? I hope most of you, if not all of you, are getting together with family for Thanksgiving. And, and I hope that you take the opportunity to go around and let everybody share something that they're thankful Because here's the truth. There may be somebody in your family that's the first time they've been thankful for something all year. It's got to start someplace. What a great opportunity to be able to share who Christ is with sharing what you're thankful for. I want to give us an opportunity to respond to this. And so I think there's two things today. Maybe you've never heard Daniel's story. Maybe it's never came to you the way that it came today, not because of any eloquence that I had, but because of God being here. But maybe today you want to make that decision and say, that's the God I want to follow. That's who I want to serve. A God that would would stay with that man for 70 years or whatever the time was and be faithful to him even though the times seem to never be all that great. 
never be what he wanted. Maybe you want to accept Christ for the first time today, and I'll give you an opportunity here in just a moment. For the rest of us, maybe your life has shifted, because I've been there. Maybe typically you're a pretty thankful person, but life's gotten tough. You've gotten some curveballs thrown your way, and you've found yourself maybe living in a little bit more of a critical spirit, maybe speaking out about things and you don't even realize it, and you're like, why did I say that? I found myself doing that. Why would I say that about that person or that situation or that whatever? Why can't I just be thankful for what God's done in me? And today's an opportunity. We're not going to do any belabored response, but as I move to prayer, if either one of those are you. When I start to pray, and David's going to play as we, as we, we pray, I just want you to stand with me. I want to pray for you. Now look, if you're accepting Christ for the first time today, I want you to find Pastor Joe after service. Okay? It's a big decision. Like, it's a big decision. It's the greatest decision I made in my life. It changed everything. Accepted Christ when I was five years old. Barely knew what I was doing. And I walked away. And when I came back at 15, I was shouting from the rooftops. My parents were like, what is wrong with you? Because something changed in me like that. Because I no longer was walking through my life with that emptiness. And if that's you tonight, I'm all, or today, I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to find our pastor after service. If you can't get him after, give him a call. Because we want to follow up with you. We absolutely want to be able to talk this through with you because it's a big decision. It's life-changing. It gives you that purpose that Daniel had that he was able to survive. So I'm going to go to prayer. And those of you that want to respond, and you, you want to live a life that's more thankful, a life that's full of thankfulness, where we're thanking first before we're asking. All these things that Daniel said, I'm standing because I'm preaching, but I'm standing because I need to stand. And I'm going to pray, and you stand with me, and we're going to stand in agreement and pray for this. Lord, I thank you so much for being a gracious God, a God that cares so deeply for me, Lord, that you worked in heaven to create me exactly the way I am. Lord, whether I look in the mirror and like it or not, Lord, you created me as I am with my personality, with my abilities, with who I am, because this is who you wanted me to be. Lord, for such a time as this. Lord, you've placed me here. You've placed each one of us in our situations, Lord, good or bad. And Lord, you are with us. Lord, help us to be thankful for you, a living God who's available to us 24-7. God, don't let us go 30 seconds, Lord, without thinking of you. 30 minutes without praying to you, Lord, that we would be like Daniel, Lord, that it doesn't matter if we're young or old, that we would drop to our knees, Lord, that we would, we would pray to you, Lord, and thank you for the great God that you are. Lord, I know that we represent a multitude of situations in here. And Lord, some of us, it may be going really good right now, but some of us, we may feel like our world's falling apart. God, help us to be thankful that you are unwavering. Lord, that you don't change. Our circumstances change. Lord, our situations change. But Lord, you stay the same. And you continue to be available. Help us to be thankful for that. Lord, we know that you are working it out for our good. 
that you are working on our, our behalf, Lord, that you are working for Daniel, Lord. You not only placed him in a high position, Lord, that you shut the lion's mouth so that he would be saved, Lord, and then changed a king's heart to start worshiping you instead of worshiping himself. Lord, can we be the change? Can we be that catalyst? Lord, it starts with being a thankful heart. Lord, a thankful spirit in us. Lord, create that in us. And Lord, for those in this congregation that may be accepting you for the first time, Lord, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for each salvation. Lord, I don't care if it's one or a hundred. Lord, the kingdom of heaven rejoices. Lord, that there's a party going on in heaven that we couldn't even comprehend. Lord, that they're so excited for each soul that comes into your kingdom, Lord. Lord, let them know that they're not on their own. Lord, connect them with our pastor, Lord, after service. Lord, I want him to be able to talk to them. I want him to be able to pray directly with them. Lord, and I want to be able to have, have him be able to help to set them up on this journey that many of us are already on. Lord, you are a great God. Lord, and I thank you so much for who you are and who you continue to be for each one of us. Lord, we pray this in your blessed holy name. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.